Welcome to the Paperless Movement Podcast. I'm Tom Solid, your host, and I'm so excited to share another thrilling episode with you, where I deep dive into the digital productivity space together with my guests. As usual, this episode is not sponsored. However, providing you this value for free is only possible thanks to all of you who are part of the Paperless Movement membership. You allow me to stay independent with my opinion. But also as a member, you can join these interviews live when they are recorded for a chance to ask your own questions and you will even get access to chapterized video versions of this and previous episodes. So if you'd like to become a member eager to max out the full potential of your digital productivity system, check out paperlessmovement.com. And now, without further ado, let's dive into this chat. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Paperless Movement. I'm so excited. Today we will talk to one of our partner experts, a good friend in the meantime. I was already on his podcast and he is Haroon Rashid, the founder of Business Fixer. Cannot wait to talk to him. Haroon, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Very short introduction, right? I want to give you the pleasure introducing yourself and then I cannot wait to talk about what you provided inside the Paperless Movement membership a video about goal setting. And this is why we had to talk on this show here, because I know there's a lot of controversy going on around goals. But business fixer, what does it mean? What do you fix? <laughs> <laughs> well, in short, I, I've been very blessed in my career where I have turned around three multi-million pound businesses. I didn't plan. So it wasn't mine then? No, definitely not. <laughs> not your yet. Business, your business is fine. <laughs> All right, good. Thank you. You had to say that now. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was just something where I kind of fell into it. I did not plan on being a turnaround person, but I just did a few things that seemed to work and I got known for being a turnaround person. So hence the name Business Fixer. And now I'm a business coach and I help people to get out of the ruts. And I think the value that I give to a lot of business owners, and particularly, I think a lot of your audience will be the same as this, but business owners who need structure, focus, and consistency. And I say that I'm really good at helping people understand where they are and clearly define where they want to be. And I get them from A to B in the best way possible. Now, the journey from A to B might be different for everyone. For some people, it might be things around hard skills. It might be around soft skills. But whatever that journey is, I'm the person that helps you do that. Well, that sounds great. And yeah, there are absolutely similarities. This is why we love having you in the partner expert section in the membership. So the typical client coming to you, and you mentioned it already, setting focus goals, and, and you set these goals, and then you achieve them going from A to B. Is this also a time limit? Is there a deadline? Or is it simply the goal that you want to achieve with not a hard deadline where you say, okay, within one year, I promise you that you will be there? So that's around deadlines on goals. Well, if a goal doesn't have a deadline, it's a wish. And... <laughs> I think that, yeah, and I think that I meet a lot of people who say this, and I don't know if you're the same as me, but they say, I work better under pressure. Mm. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, I cannot work without pressure. So that's right. Just... Okay. I don't like pressure personally, but a lot of my clients say, I work better with pressure. So I say, right, I'm going to put some pressure on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
And a lot of the time with the business, you know, you are, if you don't work, you don't eat. So mm. there's different types of pressure, isn't there? There's, uh, well, you need to get money in to basically pay the bills. There might be some big growth objectives that you have. You might want to pay for a different holiday. But if there's no pressure applied to it, then it doesn't really work as well. And I remember that one of my clients, they were... <laughs> It's just funny thinking about it now, but they were doing the coaching with me. And every week when we would meet up, they hadn't done the work they were supposed to do. And I tried all kinds of things with them to see why aren't you doing the work that you're supposed to do? And the thing is that they had a lot of money. They didn't need to do it. There was no pressure there. There was no deadline. However, they now want to retire and they want to retire next year. And now... Now that there's a deadline, they seem to be working a lot more. So every time I see them, they've done the homework. Deadline is a magical tool if you want to achieve things. Do you find mm. that as well, Tom? I have a lot to say to that. The issue I see with goals, long-term goals. So let's say one year. There are things that are unforeseen, right? You start, you have something in mind, then you start it. When it comes to goal setting and to pressure, usually the pressure builds up one day before the deadline. Mm. And that's the thing, right? So when I set a goal today in one year, I want to have this. I probably won't hit it one day before the deadline reaches and I get a reminder that there's something. So obviously we have to have some feedback loops in there and we have to have some KPIs. And I love saying KPIs like watermelons on the outside green and the inside red. So something that leads into the final goal. So are you also setting sub goals that lead into the big goal? So you stay accountable or some checkpoints or milestones or whatever you want to call them? Or yeah. is it allowed to adjust the goal on, on the way? So the actually two questions there. Okay, so the analogy that I use is climbing a mountain. And I say with some mountains, you're not going to reach the peak in one day. So with those kind of mountains or goals, I'll say, well, what does the next ledge look like? What's the mm -hmm. next camping site look like? And just focus on getting there. We'll worry about the rest of the mountain later, but chunk it down. So there's so many things that you can chunk down. So recently I moved house. Okay. I mean, my brand new house, still the office is well, not. We have uh, equal situations then. Oh, right, okay. house as well right now. So <laughs> Yeah. So that's a big mountain, isn't it? It's one of the most stressful things that you're ever going to do in your life. But the the next ledge for me at the time was, okay, let's find an estate agent. Another one might be, okay, let's agree a price or let's sort the viewings out or sell this furniture, whatever it is. But it was just doing one thing at a time to get up the mountain. And every single day or every single week or every single month, you're still just climbing up the mountain little by little and getting there to your ultimate goal, which is the summit. And the same is true for productivity. And I think that a lot of people, one of the biggest mistakes is that they try to do everything in one go. And they don't know how to break things down into actionable steps. And this is one of the things that I talk about in the upcoming book that I have on the latest turnaround that I did. This company was losing £100,000 a month, not a year, a month. And one of the biggest things that we did in that business was the same principle. I said, you can't do everything, but what does the next ledge look like? 
let's just get there and let's keep going up the mountain bit by bit, bit by bit, baby steps, and we'll get there. Well, you know what? We turned that business around from minus 100K to 60K profit in just three months. They had Congrats. less... With that business less, and you yeah. <laughs> well yeah they had less work to do which was quite interesting as well because before that whilst they were losing money whilst they were losing 100k a month they were working 20 hours a day there were so many things they did but when i came in i said cut all that out just do a few things they could work nine to five and we still managed to turn the business around and i think the principle here what we're talking about, whether it's goal setting, productivity, whatever, is the ability to chunk things down properly and focus on the right things. And I think when you were on my podcast, we talked about this whole definition of productivity is not doing more things, but doing the right things. And that's key for me. Yeah, I love this. So I guess you focused on the one thing that brings the most money back right? The, the biggest bottleneck or, or whatever you could optimize there. And I see it so many times as well, also with my one-on-one -on -one clients, we usually start talking about that they are not organized taking notes. They're not finding the information when they note it down. They want to achieve inbox zero. And then we talk about this and I always, I always come to the point to make them realize it's not the solution to add another tool to the stack they already have yeah. there, but rather remove things from the system. Make probably the system that is there is already great because there is a business in the background. These are CEOs running multi-businesses, right? So adding another note-taking app or going from a paper notebook to Apple Notes, Notability or whatever, and you just take notes on a tablet, doesn't solve the thing. So I tend to analyze more their businesses and understand their work streams, the business processes, in order to then understand where this person actually needs to work on. Usually these people also work more than they should do, other departments should do this and so on. But I always see it from a point, if I'm a leader, if I'm a manager, I want to manage things. I don't want to operate Right. So I don't want to organize my notes or go into emails and try to find my tasks in there and things like that. So these are the conventions to be put in. How do you turn around this mindset? Because I have the feeling that this is a lot you do. Analyzing the existing, the state of the, is this, no, it's not the state of the art. You're bringing them to the state of the art, right? So analyzing their, in their business and then find the things that you can optimize. Back to your example with the 100,000 per month, right? How do you go into this? And I was assuming that you go in there and analyze their business and what the, how they do things and then try to find the thing that does the most friction, redundant work that they can actually do in a different way. And that's what I want to hear from you, right? How uh, do you yeah. approach this? Okay, so it's funny. So I'll tell you a story. Let's do it that way. Go ahead. So Haroon sort this shit out that was my brief from the ceo <laughs> <laughs> i was in a boardroom with all the execs because i was an executive and on the other side was this business the directors and you know the ceo said haroon sort this shit out he got up and he left and i thought brilliant <laughs> that's a great opportunity <laughs> it is now here's what i believe i believe that Business success comes down to two things. Clarity is king and simplicity is queen. Clarity is king, simplicity is queen. Now, the brief currently is Haroon sort this shit out. It's simple, but it's not clear. So 
this is probably going to be some of the stuff that you do with your clients. So I immediately thought I need clarity because if I turn the business around and I make a penny profit, is that good? What about £10? What about £100? What does good look like? So the very first thing I did, I knocked on the CEO's door and I said, hey, can I can I borrow a bit of your time? Great. On the profit and loss account, what does good look like? And he told me exactly what that looked like by when he gave me a deadline. So he said, if you break even in six months, that's good. Okay, great. On the cash flow, what does good look like? And he gave me what the surplus position should be with a deadline. Great. Now, guess who the first person that I spoke to was? Can you can you have a guess? Who do you think I spoke to? No, I have no idea. So as soon as I walked out that office, I saw the finance person. Now, most people, when I do this talk, they think I go and see the managing director. Definitely not. Why not? Because, well, they're fearful for their job. <laughs> So there's a great line that Jay-Z says, men lie, women lie, but numbers don't lie. Mm. So I know that I need to look at the finances. So I said to the finance person, clear your diary, come with me. You're going to spend the next few days with me. I'll bring the biscuits. We have all <laughs> coffee and biscuits. And all I did was I asked very basic questions. And this is where people get very tied up. So I, I believe that sometimes our own downfall is that we're trying to be too clever. So remember, I said simplicity's queen. And I love that line in the movie Philadelphia. Denzel Washington says, explain it to me like I'm a five-year-old. Mm. I don't know if you have ever seen the movie. Yeah, yeah. And I love that. And I went and I asked the finance person, how do you recognize this? What's that? What is this? Why do we do that? And I asked very basic questions. But after that, I had a great understanding of the business. And I think a lot of those questions will apply to your audience, where if they ask very simple questions, their productivity would be a lot better. I'll come back to the story in a second. But things like, well, why Evernote? Why Apple Notes? Yeah. Why am I taking notes this way? If you can't answer the question, a very basic question, then you're probably doing the wrong thing. And I see it so many times on social media. I, I repeat myself there as well, that in this question, I see again and again, what is the best note-taking app? And people answer Evernote, Notability, one-worded answers. And I yeah. think there's neither context in a question, so for yes. what, nor yeah. is there context in the answers. And mm -hmm. it is usually the same when you go to YouTube and you see the 10 best note-taking apps or whatever. I always try to do to add this context in my videos. When I talk about the Remarkable versus the iPad, I know many people are upset that I wasn't the biggest fan about the Remarkable, but I asked the question, as you mentioned it, how should I uh, implement this device into my overall setup? Yeah. How should I get this note into my final system where it actually I need the information then? So it's no different to me than a piece of paper because I have the same friction. All these questions, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's that's what we do in the in the membership and in iCore simplicity. I love the saying that you do there, and this is the same that we apply as well. Trying to make this what people always think is so complex productivity and the system thinking and so on. It can be very simply explained as well and then build from bottom up absolutely and so if we try and be too clever that's when we fall 
And I always joke with people and I say, I'm not that clever. And my wife always says, you're very clever. Why do you keep saying that? And I say, well, I'm not actually that clever. But what I do is I ask very good questions. That's an art form. And particularly when it comes to business, productivity, whatever it is, if you can ask good questions, you will achieve so much more. So going back to the story, once I'd learned the finances and what was going on, I then went to the managing director, the sales director, the finance director. Now, this is where we talked about that ledge earlier. Now, remember, these guys are losing £100,000 a month. Things are bad. So I said, what are all the things that you can do to turn this business around? Okay, no matter how big, how small, whatever it is, what is that? And they had about 20 or 30 things that they could think of. Brilliant. Now, this is where productivity comes in. I said, right, you can't do 30 things, but you can do three. If you could only get three things right, what would add the biggest value to the business? And there's a lot of debate and thinking it through and everything. And then they whittled it down to, you know, a few things. Wonderful. Now, if you could just get one thing right, <laughs> what would be the biggest thing that's going to add the value to the business? And they figured it out. And it was, I'm not going to go into the details of it because it'll bore the audience, but they figured out what the one thing was. And we went from minus 100K. The next month we went to minus 1.7. Then it was plus 39. Then it was plus 60. We turned the business around by just focusing on the right things, the most important things. I don't believe in being a busy fool. And I know I, what I love about the paperless movement is that this is a community where people are passionate about focusing on doing the right things and doing yeah. productivity properly. This is why I'm here. This is why I love being part of this community. And that's just an example of how focusing on the right things can turn a business around that's losing a hundred thousand pounds a month that's an extreme example but how can that apply to your day-to-day -day tasks even your personal life you know i've coached uh, directors executives who are just they're smashing it at work they're crushing it at work but their lights are being turned off at home because they forgot to pay the light bill you know and it's just understanding how you can apply this thinking to your personal and your professional life is just wonderful and it and it's changed my life as well i used to think that if you're doing more then you're doing better that's the biggest lie in the world well maybe not the biggest lie in the world but <laughs> it's it's up there but focusing on the right things and asking good questions around why you're doing things or how or where or when that's when you get real movement and I think that, and I think you can answer this as well, but I think what people want in life, in the paperless movement membership, is people want movement in the right direction, don't they? Would you say that's true? Yeah, so you mentioned it before this. There's a big difference between being busy and being productive. And I was working in big corporate, and I saw it so many times with my clients and my members, Filling the time with being busy and, you know, not having the option to sit down and drink a coffee with peace of mind, not feeling like when the boss comes in that you look lazy. And I think these, this mindset is really awkward. I, I helped teams to improve their team performance by 60% with the same headcount. The goal was 
to get them from 150% workload down to a 90%. So they have some 10% for own projects. As soon as we hit this goal, the, remain, the, the things were filled up with new projects. So they mm. were working 150% again. Oh. So it's, it's one thing to apply new ways to become more efficient and to, to work <clears> more productive. But if you even produce more and create more and this just gets filled up with even more work, because you think, oh, now we are more efficient, now we can do even more. I think the human part gets lost on the way in many cases uh, when you don't set yeah. the, the right mindset goals there as well. Totally. I'll tell you a funny story of what happened today, okay? So I picked my son up from school and we're driving back and he says, Dad, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm fine. A few minutes go past. He asks again, Dad, are you okay? I said, yes, son. Why do you keep asking me that? He goes, because you've got that thinking face that you do. You're like this. <laughs> right? Well, you know, I excluded myself with being busy 24-7 because we're entrepreneurs and we just never shut down. That's an exclusive <laughs> thing, right? But, and I said, no, son, I'm just, now here's the word, I'm just thinking. Now with productivity, there's, I have it in my mind that we're doing this. You know, we're running around, we're doing all this activity. But you know what? One of the best things about productivity that I found? Space. Calm. Because this is actually made for thinking things through. And why my clients love my coaching sessions is because I create the space. It's great to create space to think. To just kind of think about what's the most productive thing I can do right now. I swear to God, I work from home now. I'm so blessed. I have my own business. I work from home. Sometimes I'll sit there and I'll think, right, I've done everything I need to do. And the question I have is, what is the most productive thing or what's the best thing I can do right now? And sometimes, I'll be honest with you, I can't think of anything. So do you know what I do? I go downstairs and watch Spider-Man. <laughs> That's the that's another thing I want to add here. <laughs> Actually, two things. One thing about productivity, I mean, in the end of the day, it just means producing things. So if you produce shit, you just produce more shit if you become more productive. <laughs> so maybe you take some time and think about if it is worth actually producing more of what you already do. And this is the, the running in for, you know, for the sake of it. And the second one is, I call it brain AFK. So if you're a gamer and you write into the chat, AFK means away from keyboard right. that you just, you know. And so I need to shut down my brain with something different. And my father tend to say, you're playing games, yeah, computer games. So this is not productive. Mm. And I always disagreed because when I was playing these games, I was always analyzing how they were made, how they probably built this game and so on. Even if it is strategy games or whatever, I always thought it is more productive than watching TV where I just consume. I still have to do something. So obviously it's an excuse. But now I'm programming games mm. as a different thing. So to me, it's just doing something different, which is still productive and it, I'm motivated in doing, but I need to do something else in order to reset the other half of the brain, if this makes sense. Yeah. Now, now actually what you've touched upon there is very, very interesting in uh, neuroscience. So uh, I study the brain. I study neuroscience. I love all that kind of stuff. And there's a couple of interesting bits of research that are coming out now where, and, and particularly with productivity. So you may have heard about something called attention residue. So that means that you're doing one task and you go to the next task straight away. Well, your brain is still 
thinking about the previous task. You've not fully committed to the next task, which is why they, why the research is suggesting, I'm not saying this is what you should do, but I think it works and it works for me, is that you break, stop, do something else that's a bit mindless. It could be going for a walk. It could be, I've got a guitar in the corner. It could be playing guitar or, you know, playing with the dog, whatever it is, just break yeah. and then commit to the next task. Now, some people might say, well, I can't play with a dog in the office because I work out there or blah, 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 blah. Do you know what? Hell, even on my phone, I have games that are like puzzle games, mm. just certain little things that will just stimulate me, wind me down, and then I'll move on to the next task. And this really is an interesting field because it's some coaching now, if that's okay, right? There's something called state. Have you ever noticed that when you go to a workshop, a seminar, or a talk, okay, it might be around productivity, okay? Let's say you go to a seminar about productivity, and you're there, and you're going, wow, this is amazing. I'm on Todd and Solid's seminar. I'm going to go away and try this I-Core framework out, yeah? One day, two days go past, and then they, you stop. What happened? You're still the same person. You still have the same ability. You still have the same intelligence. What's changed is your state. Now, this does apply to productivity, and I'm going to wrap it up in a second. But when you're in the seminar, your state was way up here. You were pumped. You were motivated. You're way up here. That's why you're going to take massive action and get shit done. But a couple of days later, the bills come through the door or, you know, your laptop breaks down, whatever it is, life happens and your state comes down. And now you're trying to do productivity from a low state and that just doesn't work. So actually maintaining that state is one of the keys for productivity. Go ahead. You know, we, we speak the same language. You're better than me when it comes to English. <laughs> but, but when I it comes to... <laughs> But when it comes to this, this is something I also teach my members and my clients because this can be applied building systems. They watch YouTube videos about Notion. They would watch YouTube videos about Obsidian. They get excited and they want to build their own system. And what do we do? It's exactly the same thing. We in the state of excitement, we, take, we work a whole day or even two days setting up a new notion setup because it just makes everything sense having all these different databases connected and here is a custom field and there's a required field and i will do the task management this way this way and then daily work happens and you try to use the system and it becomes worse when you already went to the team and says that's what we are using now yeah and then you realize okay there are so many bells and whistles where people have to add things before they actually get work done so for example, when they add a new task, they have to fill out several custom fields and, and all this before they even can create this task. So in this excitement, this friction doesn't matter because mm -hmm. we think it makes us sense. But when you have to get things done or shit done to do to use your words, you know, I'm learning as well. <laughs> Then uh, we have no time to fill this out and it becomes annoying and it becomes even more annoying for the non-tech savvy people who are not interested to build the right databases and so on. So this is why also, and there we close the loop now, simplicity is green. We have to set it up simple, as simple as possible with the minimalistic 
database whatsoever. And then we start going. There's no automation. There's nothing. And then we do this for a few weeks. And then if you think, okay, there's a recurring thing coming up that just would make sense to add to the system. So let's add it to the system. If there are things that could be automated, we do it manually so many times until it's so annoying that we actually automate it. If you do everything from scratch, I could bet on this. One week later, they will call me and say, just please reverse everything. We cannot use it. That's right. the thing. Because we can we can lay out all these business processes and the work stream and all this, but it only will be obvious once you start using the system. So it's always easy to add new features to a system, but it's hard to remove them later on. It is. You know, what, what's really interesting to me is that, so I've been teaching productivity for years now to very senior and accomplished people. But you know, one of the things that I talk to them about is I say, it does not matter where you take notes. You could write them in your diary. You could write them in Apple notes. As long as you have the discipline to review, capture, organize, do all that kind of stuff, it does not matter. Productivity, really. It was interesting. I was talking to a guy, one of my clients, and he's he's getting older now. You know, he's in his 60s. And he came to me for some productivity help. And I said, dude, you're in your 60s. Like, what the hell can I teach you? You're like <laughs> twice as old as me, okay? But anyway, I don't say that. But anyway, and I said, you know what? Why haven't you, wh why do you not do the things you're supposed to do? Why are you not productive? And we went through this whole process. And I said, you know what? productivity is actually an integrity issue. And I'll explain that. You're saying you're going to do something. That's a commitment to yourself. You're telling yourself, I'm going to do this. But if you don't do that, you've broken the commitment now. That's an integrity issue, isn't it? Yeah, and especially when you have a team and you are this person, it's hard for them to commit to the same conventions that you said. Mm. When, for example, time tracking, I hate time tracking. We started to, to time track in the paperless movement because it's uh, external employees that we have there. And I want to time track myself as well. It's hard to do, but I need to commit myself to this because I want to have the numbers. Where do we spend most time on in the different, you know, blog post creation? This gives us then the numbers and how much the blog post is worth and all this. So there's so much we can take out of this. I, I see the reason. And the other thing is I need to stay committed to this as well. Otherwise, I know the team would stop as well. But you've this. made a commitment. You've made a commitment to yourself, your standards haven't you? And your team. And that's an integrity thing. So this is what I'm saying when people say, well, I get this a lot, by the way, Tom. Well, I know I should be doing this, but I just don't do it. It's like, well, you haven't made a commitment to yourself or you have no integrity. Which one is it? <laughs> it's a very hard thing to, to kind of answer there. But this but is the focus thing. That's that's really that's another big thing where I think it's it's good having somebody coming from the outside and hold you accountable. You mentioned it in the very beginning that you know you asked them a week later, where is it? We we agreed on something. Have you created mm -hmm. it? So this builds additional pressure instead of being your own boss and then you just decide. You know, I'm talking. You know, the the team member Alessandro editing this video, he will laugh now because I have the same issues. Procrastination is so easy when you have so many things to do in the business and you think that's the thing and that's the thing that is, that is most helpful. And then it becomes worse when you have shiny objects around and switching systems. So at least I stopped doing this, switching systems. We 
we stay into one tool now. But that again for the clients, if if you want to teach productivity and show that things work, I have to hold myself accountable and show it in my own business. And this is why mm. people and the members see the icor that we create, the icor principle. Oh, Alessandro is in the chat laughing already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> laughing already, right? Um, yeah, good. But but this is why we show in icor how we apply it to our own business. This is this was the pivotal moment. I'm not teaching only how it is done for others. I'm showing it works in our own business, and and that's really interesting. There's one thing I wanted to get across as well. <laughs> Sorry is, about is, that, is, but is Alessandro he... just Alessandro just <laughs> mentioned. Oh, 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 we've stopped now. Wasn't now. Right? Wasn't right. Yeah, <laughs> switching tools, right? All right. Enough, hi, Alessandro. Hi, Alessandro, by the job? way. Nice to meet you. So it's on the edge now. Your job. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, right. there was one thing I wanted to get across to the paperless movement guys, okay? Most coaches, when they're doing productivity coaching, they'll say, well, what do you need to be doing? I don't ask that. Do you know what I ask? I say, in order for you to be more productive, who do you need to be? That's different because this is an identity thing. So I'll tell you another story. This is like, like story. This is like story corner with Haroon. Gather around, children. Let's hear from <laughs> Haroon again. So I was, again, I was an executive, big board meeting. I was in charge of a huge multi-million pound project. And the CEO was asking me questions and I did not know the basic answers. I was very disorganized, okay? I got bollocked. I don't know if you know that word means yeah. off. I was living uh, in, in UK for four years. I right, right. I got a pure <laughs> bollocking. When we say pure bollocking, that was a bollocking, okay? <laughs> and I came out and I was like in a huff and I threw my toys out of the pram and I was like going, I work so hard and all this kind of stuff, doesn't he know? But then, you know, after I kind of calmed down and had a few whiskeys, <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> I kind of said to myself, well, at the moment, the CEO and my, my peers see me as someone who is disorganized and unreliable. So remember when I talked about asking good questions, I asked myself the question, not what do I need to do? That's not the question. The question was, who do I need to be? I love it. And those, and these are the kind of things that I came up with. I said, I need to be military-esque, military-esque in my organization, in how I execute. I need to be the reliable guy, the person that people go to when the shit hits the fan. This isn't, I need to be productive. No, I was so much more detailed than that. I want to be the go-to guy. I want to be the fixer. This is the kind of stuff that I was saying, I need to be this. Now, this also comes back to state. When I was seeing myself as this, who do I need to be? My state started to go up and then I started to do. The biggest problem that we have with productivity, I think probably is that we focus too much on what do we need to do? We need to start asking who do we need to be? Once you be that person, that's really bad English, but once you are that person, once you be that person, you start to do what they do and then you start to have what they have a few months later after that bollocking the ceo called me and i thought oh shit <laughs> what have i done now hi haroon can you come up to my office yes sir i'll be there in a second oh here we go <laughs> 
And I went upstairs and he's just, and I sat down opposite his desk and he's just looking at me. He's just staring into my soul, silent. And he says, there's something different about you. I said, oh, he goes, yeah, you are just getting shit done. Left, right and center. You are just on it. Everything that is thrown your way, you are handling it. What's happened? Is something good happened at home? Is it? Is it this? Is it that? And I said, no, sir, you, you bollocked me in the last board meeting and I just got my shit together. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, that's it. That's it. And I said, but no, I wanted to be someone different. I wanted to rebrand myself mm. as a productive, organized, military-esque, fixer type of person. And he said, you carry on doing whatever you're doing. You carry on doing that. But it all started here. That's what Amen. I kind of get across to you. Amen. Haroon, there's so much to it, what you just said. But I think that the biggest takeaway is, especially for the people out there, we are not born as the most productive people. This is not a natural thing. You just showed that you've been struggling as well. I was struggling in my day job in corporate and I figured it out. I, I found solutions. I was digging. I was asking. I was finding things and this is what i'm teaching now and i think something that we have in common we never blamed the others mm. so whenever things like this came you know it's very easy to say well it's the fault of these and and i had no time because of this and and things like this and whenever and and i call them the complainers right there yeah. the whole day they're saying everything is shit here i hate it i want to retire and, and things like this i complained as well but i always when i complained provided a solution that I thought would change everything or make things better for everybody. And that's, that's I think, what we have in common. So I really mm. love it. I love it to have you with us. I want to be aware of your time. So we will close the interview there, but it won't be the last time we talk to each other. Haroon, we know that we can find you inside the Paperless Movement community. And there is your video where you dive deeper into goal setting, which I love really. But where else can people get hold of you? Thank you very much for that. People can find me at businessfixer.co.uk. And if you just go on most social media platforms, you'll see me there. Come and say hi. Please give me a like and a comment. Let me know that you've been, that you've seen this video. And, you know, let's, let's build a paperless movement together. That's awesome. We will. Thanks for being with us. And before we close the interview, Danny, you still there? He is keeping, keep writing in the chat there. You know, he started with, what is a good question? You answer this. I think we don't have to answer this anymore. And then he, then he became interested when we started talking about neuroscience. He is, <laughs> um, he's studying this. He's doing on YouTube as well, a lot of videos about this. And then he started explaining in a more sophisticated way <laughs> what we've been talking about. Yeah. Trans-theoretical. Wow, that's a big word. <laughs> Thank you that you're pronouncing it because I just didn't bring it in because I didn't want to pronounce it. But he finished it off with self-fulfilling prophecy in a nutshell. And you can do this again, Arun. Galtier uh, Gal effect. Galtier Pygmalion um, uh, effect. effect. I got a PhD, yeah. but I never had to pronounce these things. That's good. Biochemistry, we have a bit different. Thanks a lot for watching, Danny. Appreciate the comments as well, mate. Thank you very much. Yeah. He mentioned, yeah, I'm writing my notes. So it was obviously very interesting for him as well. Haroon, I thank you very much. We see us inside the community or on social media or even in person. Absolutely. Well, listen, thanks so much for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Let's build a paperless movement together. Thank you very awesome. much. Awesome. See ya.